Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. It's called soccer. That was U.S. fans following an ad campaign or something at the, at the World Cup in Qatar. Um, so since then, this is like a ridiculous, crazy story. Since that uh, U.S. Um, elimination in the World Cup, um, they've come home and a couple of stories have come out. It started with... Uh, with the coach of the team going to a leadership conference and telling a story about a player who was acting up at the World Cup and they were ready to send him home and they ended up not sending him home. And it, he didn't say who it was, but it was clearly um, it was clearly Gio Reyna, who is a really good U.S. player. And apparently the coach, uh, who has known him his whole life, went to the kid and told him that he wasn't going to play in the World Cup, they had made that determination before it began, which is a weird thing to tell the kid. What if there was a major injury? What, whatever. But he told that to the kid, and the kid's response, 20 years old, his response was to act up in practice and not be serious about it, and he re- responded badly. Immaturely. Immaturely. He's 20, and he acted like and, it. And so the team yeah. went to him. They, they actually – he got berated by other players, mm-hmm. and they debated whether to send him home, and they opted not to. But the fact that Burholder told that story, the kid then came out and said basically that it was him he was talking about and that uh, explained what had happened and how he had responded and how his regret about it, how he apologized to the team and how he didn't appreciate the coach throwing him under the bus. And then, uh, whatever, a couple days ago, I'm reading a story about Greg Burholter coming out and saying that he was being blackmailed during the World Cup uh, and he wanted to clarify what had happened in 1991. Shortly after he met his now wife, they have four kids together. The two of them were out drinking. They were like 18 years old. They were out drinking at a party or something, a bar. And then they went outside in a fight and he kicked her in the legs. That is, uh, that is his story about what happened. And he wanted it out. And how they his he wife went through counseling. They and his just wife, celebrated the 25th yes, anniversary. Yes. Rosalind is his wife, yes. and he was he was recounting the night in question. Well, it turns out the blackmail wasn't blackmail. It was um, it was the wife of Claud- Claudio Reina, the mother of Gio, who went to Ernie Stewart, who is the guy that runs the U.S. national team. All these guys played together. It's a very tight-knit group. And the mother, the mother and, the, and the wife of Greg Burkhalter were, were roommates. She was there when at, this happened. At North Carolina. Yes. Teammates, teammates on the North Carolina soccer team. Claudio Reyna, the father, yes. was, the, was the captain of the U.S. at one point. He was also the best man at this guy's wedding. They all knew the story. So she went to the, the, to, to the guy that runs the national team program. Brian McBride. And, no, it was it was Ernie Stewart. Okay, I'm sorry. McBride yeah. is involved. But, yeah. McBride is involved right. in it. She goes to Ernie Stewart and tells him that this guy is a is a wife beater, and they they hire a law firm and they start looking into the story. So Burhalter comes out with the story, explains it the way he did. Uh, it it turns out we didn't know that it was her that had told this story to the U.S. Uh, Soccer Federation. So they're now doing a look into him. First of all. You know whether or not he's he's kept as the head coach. His contract he's out of contract. They're making a decision on this. I personally wouldn't have kept him just because there's a time cycle to these things. It has nothing it's to do. It's unlikely that he'll with return. any of this stuff. He may well return. They're trying to be careful about it. But 
the fact that she went with this information from when they were all 18, she went to the uh, the U.S. Soccer Federation and kind of turned him in. It's like the ultimate kind of, you know, Texas cheerleader mom type thing. You know what I mean? Where you where you want to get the guy, and she came out yesterday and said she did it because she was mad about what he said about her son. Soccer mom overreacts. Holy God. But more than that, because what happens now is that you have the public – confession if you want to call it that from Burhalter yes acknowledging an incident when they were 18 and now going back to you know 30 32 years now and you have him coming forward and acknowledging that and yet even after he did that the mom who was threatening to reveal all of this wasn't satisfied with how much he went into detail and she said that he minimized the details of that night. So it's very tawdry. It's very unfortunate. It uh, You have a coaching decision that essentially was then set off this chain of events, which revealed and aired all this dirty laundry in these, in these, this couple's past. And these four friends who were very tight at one point in time. Unbelievable. Now are just like, I mean, these. This is the definition of irreconcilable differences between <laughs> two families. I can't imagine them. I, I, I don't know. It's very. It's 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 kind it's, of a sad state of affairs. It's a very sad state of affairs. It is an awful story. There are no heroes in this story, no. and it's um, it's really it, it's just awful. The the you know the only thing I would say is that you know Gio Reyna has a really bright future as a player. And really should be a guy representing the U.S. in terms of his ability. So I just I would not want, and I don't know how you you heal any of this stuff, but I would not want to lose him as a talent. He's a he's a re, he's as talented a player as they have, and and it is a really, but I mean well, his well, folks. What are you thinking? You know, and Claudio <sighs> apparently did talk, did complain during the World Cup, and he claimed there were rumors that he had told this story, but he claims he didn't. But the wife says, yeah, it was me. The wife did say that. And uh, obviously not following this every single day and every single step, but just catching up as a lot of people are because this is the tabloid nature of this makes it irresistible. I don't think that the kid, I don't think that the the young player that you just referenced in terms of Reyna progressing and developing, he might be the least affected by all of this. You yeah. know, because the yeah. the adults involved are not acting like adults, but I do think that they will have the they it's, feel the sense of betrayal. They feel the sense yeah, of of having this go. Their relationship would seem to be harder to manage moving forward than a kid who's probably going to be very good on the field and represent U.S. the U.S. at the it's next. Just a, uh, it's an awful. World Cup. It's a, just an awful story. There's no. I mean, it's just it's terrible. It's tabloidish. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's Nick was right. This is definitely very anyway, British so I tabloid. Was, I was just explaining what that was, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll find out what happens with all of it. And Your I sport. know we got a lot of people. Um, the the uh, gridiron assassin says uh, scandalous, uh, salacious international soccer go- gossip. Can we get back to eliminating laterals at the end of football games? So we can do that, David. But it, it's just a weird. It really is a weird story, and. Again, it's kind of everyone behaving badly. It is everybody behaving badly. It is something that uh, 
it, you can't just ignore it. It's very, it's out there. It's it's a, it's a sports story because of the implications to the U.S. men's soccer team, yeah. but also it's just who the the idea that somebody would feel this hurt by Crazy. their son not playing or not being handled right by a yeah. coach to threaten this kind of public embarrassment. Well, it's not threatened. It it actually. It's produced this kind of began with the threat. She carried yeah, it. She carried right. it out because she, she was scarred out. to that to that extent. Imagine that. Ugh. No, I can't. I mean, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine right. ever doing anything like that. To be honest with you, I, I mean, it's just weird. It's really truly weird <laughs> story all the way around. Two one seven. Can they settle it with penalty kicks? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's just about as dramatic. Hey, we want to let you know you can join Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody for the Miller Lite Top Draft tonight at Offside Sports Bar and Grill located at 680 South Eastwood Drive in Woodstock. That's from 7 to 10 p.m. And while you're enjoying the broadcast, register to win future Bears tickets and other prizes brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time. Um, And it's interesting because – you know, Grody obviously will be uh, up there and working as he always does, and I believe um, there are there is a lot uh, still to be resolved in terms of who's in, who's out with the Bears. A lot of this game, a lot of whatever gravitas it carried, has been uh, erased by the news that Justin Fields is out. Yeah, by no the doubt news about that it. there will not be a new single season quarterback rushing record. I wonder if that meant anything to him. I wonder if if no, you don't have to wonder. Yards is all you he know had. that it did. You know that he's got to be on a, on some level very disappointed not to be able to get a chance to break that record and make NFL history. And he's got to feel like it's never going to happen for him ever again. Ideally, like, no. Yeah, ideally that would not be the case. It, it, ideally, if this goes in the direction that it needs to go for the Bears to maximize Justin Fields' career in Chicago. He will not break the record that he is within 64 yards of breaking right now. He will not be this dangerous as a runner again because he won't need to be. You'll surround him with talent. You'll surround him with receivers, an offensive line. Your defense will be able to play more complimentary football, and you will have a running quarterback who, who is a polished passer as well. That's the, that has got to be the plan. That's plan A. Yeah, I, you would hope that's the plan, and you would hope that that's going to happen. And I do believe, I've, I've felt all along, that we will see the offense change and shift away from just running with the quarterback, and we'll see it happen next year. They will improve the offensive line. They will get more weaponry in here, and they will they will run a different type of offense, and the quarterback can work on that the entire offseason and, and hopefully – there is a breakout ahead. You know, when we talk about Justin Fields, we talk about the, the, you know, the style of a running game. You know, we've talked about Lamar Jackson. Will he get paid? And will the Bears be following that contract? Because it might determine how you figure this out. What we saw happen in the offseason was a breakthrough from another quarterback, and that, of course, is Jalen Hurts. And he... If you can get that sort of growth out of Justin Fields, if you can follow that plan, and and I mean, Ian Cunningham, call your buddies in Philadelphia and find out exactly how that went down. You would hope 
that if that if that occurs, and again, they went out and got a couple of well, who's really your AJ Brown? There you go. Who's your Jason Kelsey? Yeah, exactly. Uh, who's going to be the offensive? Devontae Adams. Yeah, yeah, maybe he will be. Yeah. Devontae Adams comes out on Wednesday and says. He wants to stay with the Raiders despite the fact that Derek Carr will not be there. He said he wanted to be there before Derek Carr even arrived. So I guess we'll take him at his word. He won't be one of those diva wide receivers demanding a trade, but that would be. That could be a guy that's available. I'm just saying, I'm not predicting they do it. And I think that that would miff everybody in Green Bay. But, <laughs> but you know, one of the things you got to look at is how you get these receivers there was a run on the bank last year when it came to receivers. The Bears have tons of money. That's not their issue. The issue is what would they have to give up? What That's kind of why you want to be in the first position in the draft, ideally. If you're, and I said, I maintain this, I said it uh, yesterday, and we talked about it on, on the reporters on Marquee. If you're at one or if you're at four near the Bears, you're wanting to make a deal. If you're at two and you're, or, or three, draft position. I think you're more likely to take a player. And, and the logic there is you're not going to take a quarterback, and three may go in the top five picks. It's conceivable. Right. And I think even Dave Wanstead, the, the 33rdteam.com, they did a mock draft yesterday, and I think three of the top five picks were quarterbacks. And these are former executives making these decisions and projecting this into that mock draft. But I think that if you're at one, you're holding an auction. If you're at two, you're likely to take a defensive lineman or a rush end. At three, the same logic applies. At four, those guys are likely gone, and you're more likely to go down and trade down because you could get another player commensurate to that one. So different sort of approaches, but this is what it's all about now, especially since Matt Eberflus is introducing the quits principle and Justin Fields is not playing. Well, and I, I mean, listen, you know, the reason we mentioned Devontae Adams is because he went there because of his relationship with the quarterback and yep. they're getting rid of the quarterback, right? Yep. Yep. So you have to wonder about that. But DeAndre Hopkins could be on the move after everything that went down with him. You would wonder about a guy like Jerry Judy who was r- rumored to be on the move. There are there are going to be there, – there aren't – free agents. That's why the Bears traded their pick to try to bring in Chase Claypool. But there are guys that you could trade for and then pay or whatever. 314 says DeAndre Hopkins would be on the move. He's going to be available via trade. He predicts he'll be a Bear next year. He's one of those guys that fits the criteria. I mean, he would be somebody that you just don't know where he stands. He doesn't seem to get along with Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be maybe a dissension controversy you could take advantage of. You don't know who's going to be coaching the Arizona Cardinals next hey, year. Hey, you, you know, the, the, he also was suspended for, for using um, a, a illegal substances, so that would come into the trade value of the player, the fact that if he got hit again, you'd lose the guy for a year. So, you, you know, that could end up being kind of a value get just because his value as a player has been damaged by having the strike against him provided that he comes here and isn't suspended well that's what i'm that, saying it's a, it's yeah. a higher risk involved though that may be the higher reward yeah no question you'd have to be willing to gamble but i think the bears are in that position especially at that position they're in the position where you are willing to take maybe greater risk to get the better reward because you don't have any other options. Your wide receiving court, you're, you talk about history being made. As Bigsy reminded us at 7 o'clock, 
This is the first time since 1989 they will have a wide receiver who doesn't have 500 receiving yards. Yeah, the only guy likely to get it is their tight end, and he needs 13 yards to do so. Darnell uh, Mooney was at, what, 493 or something? But, you know, when he went down, so he would have gotten it. But then, you know, listen, in this day and age, 500 receiving yards is not – it's not even a low bar. It's not – it's like, you know, can you can you jump over a blade of grass? That's what you're asking, and they can't. So what does that tell you? Their receiving core needs a massive improvement. Yeah, they do, and, and I don't know that it's going to come from within. So I you, oh, think they're going to draft one, they're going to buy one. So you add a free – if they don't make the, the big trade. Yeah. But by the time that they're in a, in a position to draft, you would think that they would have all the veterans that they're going to get either through free agency or the trade market. And I would hope that that's offensive and defensive line and you are making some – if you're going to make some big moves, start with the line of scrimmage and, and build out, right? Don't you want to see them get better on the offensive line, get better – on the defensive line, maybe defensive line more than anything. Then you go into the draft, even if you have a trade down, maybe you could get another defensive lineman. Maybe you could then use some of the picks you hopefully get to take a uh, a, a wide receiver at some point. You know, it's just there. There is there is massive need for this team, and it starts right on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I I don't know that there are as many starters as we maybe even suggested yesterday when we were naming them. I, I was driving home thinking about that and did well, we that, that's if you don't want to improve. I'm just yeah. saying that those are guys those, those that are you status can, quo guys. Yes. To get better, to get to the point where you want it, it you're not going to be able to do that all no. in the next couple no. of months. There's too much to do. You can start the project, but it's a big one. It's yeah. so big that it's going to take probably two off seasons to get where you want to be roster wise. And I mean, you know, that's just that's just where they are. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Let's try Theo. He's on the north side. Hey Theo. Good morning, uh, two lateral haw and magic feet mulligan. Great to talk to you guys again here. Now, let me let me ask you. Uh, I have great respect for Big Z. I truly do, and yeah. I trust his insight. He's never prone to hyperbole, really. He just gives it to you straight as it is. So I'm not sure if I take his Justin Fields comments this morning as they infuriate me or if they terrify me, maybe both. But let me just explain here. Mm. If you take his comments to heart, the Bears have to draft a quarterback. Let me explain. He says Justin's passing game needs improvement. We all agree with that. That's a no-brainer. But you can't discount what he's who's protecting him and what he's throwing to. Big Z will lightly touch upon that, and he was very light on that this morning. But if you listen to his comps to Sam, with other often sacked QBs putting up much better numbers, then I really wonder if Big Z thinks Justin is a, is a long-term solution to QB. I'm, I just don't know what to make of it now. Well, I think that's a fair question. I, I don't want to speak for Brad, but I think that you have heard him enough, Theo, to understand that he's not going to tell you something he doesn't believe. I don't know that he has oversold Justin Fields because I don't know that Brad Biggs believes that Justin Fields has answered every question adequately for him to do that. Hmm. All right, we've got uh, we've got Mike Palm. We're going to bring in Mike next. He uh, is the uh, the VP of Sports Operations at Circa. We're going to talk to him. The contest is down. We talked about this when we were out there. We came close to putting everybody got eliminated. There are three guys left going into the the last uh, 
the last game of the year. We're going to talk to Mike about that next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Remember what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. And it's time to talk to one of our great friends in the desert. He is Mike Palm, and he is the Vice President of Operations at the Circa, the 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 uh, D, and of course uh, the Golden Gate. And uh, and Mike, always uh, a joy to talk to you. Welcome to the program. How are you? Well, I'm wonderful. Exciting here, week 18. Uh, coming up final week of the season, week 20 in Survivor as we play it. You know, guys, it seems just like yesterday we were having a beer at Bar Canada or out at Stadium Swim on that Saturday morning. And, uh, you know, that was in August right before the season started. And here we are getting ready to wrap it up. And uh, by Monday night, uh, declaring all the winners of these contests is quite amazing. So three guys left, correct? How many people started and what do you know about the three guys who are left? So it's been a really crazy season with survivors. Uh, 6,133 started entries. In the first seven weeks, we went from 6,133 down to 130. It was utter chaos. Then in the next seven weeks, it was very stable. We went from 130 to 70. And that included that double week, you know, the Thanksgiving Day standalone. Then in the next four weeks, we went from 70 down to three, which, uh, uh, in two weeks, we went from 70 to 14, and then we sat uh, going into that Christmas Eve, Christmas Day slate where Christmas Eve uh, and the Thursday games was separate, those four games, from the Christmas Day and Monday night. We had a situation on Christmas Eve where if the Raiders would have beaten the Steelers, there would have been one winner, a man named Mad Dog from Dallas. He would have won the whole $6.1 million, but alas, uh the, the Steelers rallied, and so four marched on to Christmas Day, and then Mad Dog was the only one eliminated as he had the Dolphins on Christmas Day against the Packers. So the other three, um, we know one of them is from Texas, and the other two have some local ties because they don't have proxies. You know, this isn't all just 
one guy to an entry. You know, a lot of guys come out and there's four guys, six guys, they split entries, things like that. So um, I, we know they've two of the three have wired in money to do some hedging both last weekend and, and this weekend coming up. So here we go, one week left, and uh, these guys have a, a shot. Uh, if they win their game, the worst they can do is win $2 million and split it three ways. Wow, that's unbelievable. <laughs> do, do, do they consult with each other? Is that allowed? Could you come up with a, why don't we all take so-and-so, we could all uh, split it, then one guy turns on them and you got lawsuits forever. How, how, uh, how does it work if they all end up winning or losing? Yeah, so that, that's a great point, and I think they have been in contact with each other. I thought they re- I, I watched they reached out to each other through Twitter. Um, obviously, we don't share contestants' information. Um, now, if they made a deal or not, we're not privy to it. You know, did they save? Did they save a million each and say we play for the rest? Who, who knows? Um, they have a shot if they wanted to split it. Though all of them have Jacksonville uh, playing Saturday for the AFC South against Tennessee. I mean, they could all just put in Jacksonville. Uh, and then no matter if Jacksonville wins, loses, or ties, they would split the money. But uh, we'll see. I, I looked through the entries. Their alternate, their second-best team available by point spread. Uh, one gentleman, that, or whoever, is the Brown A is the name of the entry. They have the Chargers at the Broncos. The enemy within still uh, has Minnesota at the Bears. Uh, no Justin Fields. And then... The interesting one is the entry named Jed. They have the Seahawks, who obviously need to win, and they're at home, and they're against the Rams. I, I would think the other two would take Jacksonville, and Jed has a choice. Does he want to be different? Does he want to – I mean, the Seahawks are a pretty solid play as well, I think. Yeah, I think this week they're a solid play. I think Minnesota's a lot. Minnesota got to oh be a lot. That game, after Justin Fields' announcement, Mike, that went from being a pick to now I think the number's at eight. Yeah, it's it's. But you know, still, the Soldier Field has been a house of horrors for Kirk Cousins and the, and the Vikings. Seriously, I, I've lost money betting Minnesota going in there. He has some of the worst games of his careers when he comes to Chicago. <laughs> yeah, but the Bears defense looks like South Carolina is trying to stop Notre Dame. So I think that uh... <laughs> I was on the wrong side of that one too. I took the, I took the three. <laughs> so so Mike. Um... You know, when you see a line move like that, that David mentioned, I think the look-ahead line was like pick them, and then it was it started to move when the Vikings said they were going to play their starters and they wanted to finish uh, with the number two seed. But but now that the line has gotten to eight or whatever it is, seven and a half, is that because fields mean so much to the team, or is that a reaction also to Nathan Peterman not having, you know, kind of the same gravitas as a an NFL starter. Well, gravitas is a good word, Molly. I mean, what's the image of Peterman? It's throwing six interceptions in that game. It's <laughs> uh, in, in, in Carson, wherever they were playing in that soccer stadium in Southern California. So, yeah. Um, the, the, the motivation of Minnesota is a huge factor, obviously, too. They don't want to have to go to San Francisco in the second round, possibly a second-round game. And they obviously would like to keep the two-seed and probably, you know, at least have a game against the, the Giants or the or, – or, I don't know if they want to play the Packers, but however that that winds up there. Um, but, yeah, P- Peterman's image in the market. This will – this this game will be more pro-betters than public because – 
the public generally doesn't like to get involved in games where teams have no motivation at all. They like to play the games where both teams are playing for something because they feel they have some, you know, rating on a team or knowledge of a team and at full strength, they could make a wager on the number. These games are tough. Like the, like the Jacksonville game and Tennessee game last week, where both of them really had nothing to play for because it all came down to this week. All right, Mike. So it's all coming down to pointing toward February 12th and the big game bash. How are you going to celebrate with the big game bash? Yeah, we have a we have a bunch of parties. Uh, we the big one is outdoors at the DLVEC at our, our event center downtown. We get six thousand people out there, wow. uh, and and people can they buy tables. And what it is, it's a hundred dollar beverage minimum. Um, and so you you pick it. Your group is coming out, pick a table for eight, and it's eight hundred dollars, and everybody gets a hundred dollar beverage card to use that day. Or there's tables of ten, twelve. Um, or just general seating as well, standing room there. But that's that's the, we always pray that the weather's good. But generally in Vegas, it's it's nice. It's in the it's in the 60s come February. Uh, we do another party in the ballroom at the D on the 12th floor. That's 175 dollars a person. Uh, that's all food and, and beverage from uh, from 2 p.m. Pacific till you know the game finishes. We always get sold out there. 400 people. I think we got about 230 already filled in there. Sports book at the D at uh, at Circa, uh, taking reservations as well. The the side seats are uh, two fifty, and, and that includes six uh, drink tickets. And then the booths range from fifteen hundred to uh, five thousand dollars, depending on the size of the booth. And Stadium Swim, uh, I just looked at their inventory. They're about sixty percent sold for for Super Bowl Sunday as well. Cabanas, day beds, uh, you know, lounge chairs, all that. You can go on the Circa Las Vegas website and book those as well. Mike, we know uh, that you're a good man, a family man. I'm sure um, the the uh, Demar Hamlin, uh, it, and I don't know what to call it, injury, um, whatever way you want to term it, the cardiac arrest. I'm sure that moved you. I'm sure that drew you to say a prayer. I'm wondering what has been the the impact in Vegas, not necessarily about you know that incident, but really about. Whether that game will be played, won't be played. I mean, I, I know, you know, first and foremost, we're thinking of the player, but I'm just curious what will, does that game need to be played? Should they go ahead and not play it? Should, the, should they look at the players for a kind of a, a lead on this one? It's a really a tricky situation. Um, from, from the bookmaking perspective here, we've taken all the AFC teams off the board for the playoffs because we don't know if they're going to make up the game. Obviously, if they don't make up the game, which I think is the most likely scenario, because you've got to push the playoffs back a whole week if you're going to do it. can't make a team play on three or four days rest and then have short rest heading into a – one of them's going to have to be in the divisional game for sure, if not both, um, uh, in the wild card game, wild card round. Uh, it really gives an advantage to the Chiefs, right? Because the Chiefs, who were going to be the two-seed if Buffalo won out, now can clinch the one-seed uh, by winning on Sunday. From the perspective of the game, we have a rule at Circa for bets to have action. The game must be played within 100 miles of the original scheduled site and within eight days. So we still have the pending bets unless the game is played by Tuesday night, which seems very unlikely with Goodell saying it wouldn't be played this week. Uh, those are all refunds. The unfortunate thing is season win totals for both those teams, if they don't finish that game, get refunded. So say, for instance, the Bills had already gone over their season win total. 
you bet the over over eleven and a half or whatever it was. Um, it's a refund because you have to play seventeen games, just like in baseball. Every book has a rule: must play one sixty-two, must play one sixty, must play one fifty, whatever it is that the book sets. So, and we're bound by those rules. Your house rules are what you tell gaming you're going to abide by, and then gaming expects you to abide by. In the Circus Sports Millions contest, um, that game because it didn't get finished within the week window, whether you had Cincinnati or Buffalo, you got a half point for the game because it was in the Westgate contest, you got zero. Um, it's just a difference between contests. And thank God no survivors were involved in it because you would have been eliminated. One other note real quick on the Circa Millions, the, the entry that's leading uh, with uh, 58 and a half points going into this final week, Enut 34, is actually a plumber that lives in the Chicago area. So he, he's got the shot at winning the one. He, I, we know this because he finished second place in the second quarter and got 60,000, and he came out and hung out with Derek and I for, for a bit and took a few pictures. So he's got a, we got a chance to bring the one million back to Chicago in the millions contest. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I, I got to make, make sure I don't have that yeah. guy doing any work in my house. <laughs> no kidding. Not I'll be working weekend. for him. Yeah. Hey, Mike, thanks a ton. Great catching up with you. Always thanks, enjoy. Mike. Tell Derek we said hey, too. Will do. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. That is Mike Palm. He's a great dude. Good guy. Love Notre Dame grad, yep. as you could mention with the uh, yep. reference to the bowl game. You know, Former seminarian. Former seminarian. I know that. that. I knew yeah. that. So when you said he was offering prayers, you had a little inside knowledge there. You know that he's one that is... He, a prayerful guy. Yeah, he is. You got to love the former seminarians, Dave. I do love the former <laughs> seminarians, even the ones with the nicknames. Um, so I did want to ask you this. I know we got to get the transition here because uh, Dan and Layla are next. Has it struck you as it has struck me this week? And you referenced DeMar Hamlin and the, the tragedy, the injury, mm. however we are phrasing it, has captivated an entire country. And non-sports fans are are paying attention the money that he's raising for the charity is now approaching $6 million. My point is this. President Biden talked to his parents yesterday. Wow. Everybody's getting involved in an awareness. Are you as surprised as I am that Roger Goodell has yet to speak publicly on this? Or have I missed that? We haven't really no, heard I, from I, the commissioner of the National Football I, I League. Don't, I, think, I think we will hear from him tomorrow. I think that they will formalize whatever their plan is tomorrow, and we will hear from him. I like that we haven't heard from him. Okay. Because I like the idea. And, you know, I, I felt uncomfortable asking Mike about that, but, it you know, it, it does impact all these things and all these people. It that affects are, every aspect yes, yes. of every sports fan's life. And it does, that's not minimizing the, the uh, emotion yes. that you feel or anything about the empathy that you're expressing. exactly It's a fact of life. So but in that context is why I wondered why we haven't heard from a commissioner who is very visible at other times. But I, he hasn't been this week. Yeah, I think for that reason. I think that, that, that he wants – I think everybody is waiting for good news. And then you feel yeah. like you can carry okay. on and move forward. I think I, that's what it is. I don't know. I, I don't that disagree with that. I just I wanted to address it because it crossed my mind, and I thought yeah. that it was worth at least getting your thoughts on it. So thank, thank you, buddy. Yeah. All right, we're going to bring in Dan and Layla next. It's Mully and Hall on the score.